0: Welcome to Peace by Believing with John Redmond, Associate Pastor of First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. Nyctophobia is an extreme fear of the dark. We may not have an extreme fear, but many of us may be just a little afraid of the dark. A lighting company recently conducted a random survey on the subject and found out that roughly 50 percent of respondents were afraid of the dark. But even if we are scared of the dark, things might not be quite as scary if we have knowledge of the fact that someone is with us. Today, John has a message from God's Word that will be able to help us that answers the question where is Jesus when things are dark?
1: I want to begin the sermon today just by reading my notes to you. I never read notes, but I want to just read to you at the beginning to kind of keep us on track. The title of the message today, where is Jesus when things are dark? Most of us when we were young were were scared of the dark. I'm curious, how many of you were scared of the dark when you were young? All right. How many of you are still scared of the dark? Anybody going to admit to that today? Most of us. When we were young, we're scared of the dark. But when we got older, and as we are older now, we're not so scared. But I don't think most people really like the dark. That's why when we get home, what do we do? The first thing when we get home at night, we turn the lights on so we won't have to be in the dark. Being in the dark unless you're trying to sleep is an uncomfortable place to be. A couple of years ago when the power grid failed, and the storm blew into Texas, and I mean, for days, no electricity, no heat, no light, and there we were in the darkness of our homes, lighting candles, lighting battery-operated lamps, anything we could do to have some light. Why? Because most people, even if they're not scared of the dark, don't like being in the dark. The dark is an uncomfortable place to be. That's true physically, but it's also true circumstantially. And sometimes in life, we find ourselves in a circumstantially dark place, and it is uncomfortable, and we don't like it. Now, in Isaiah chapter 50, this may be the best verse in all the Bible about those dark seasons of life. And notice what it says in verse number 10. God is speaking, and notice what God says. Who among you fears the Lord? Who obeys the voice of his servant? And so God here is talking to his people, and not only his people, but his obedient people. And he's saying, who among you fears the Lord? Who obeys the voice of his servant? Now, this next phrase, you would expect it to say, who walks in continual light and has no darkness. Because really, if we fear the Lord, and if we obey his voice, shouldn't we walk in the light continually? Well, that's not what it says. Who walks in darkness and has no light. Now that's a surprise. When I read that, it's a surprise to me. Because again, you don't expect the person who is fearing God, who is obeying God, to be in a dark place. And yet God said, that's who often walks there. Who walks in darkness and has no light? And many of us today would say, God, it's me. I do fear you, and I try to obey you, but God, here I am this Christmas, and I'm in a dark season. I'm in a dark place. What should I do? And God tells us exactly what to do in the next phrase. Let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely upon his God. Sometimes when we're in the dark, we try to light our own candle. We try to strike a match and give ourselves light. God says, no, don't do it that way. Instead, trust in the name of the Lord and rely upon your God. Darkness is something that all of God's children go through. No matter how much you love God, how obedient you are, uh, how much you fear the Lord, or how long you've been saved, all of us go through some dark seasons in life. And yet, even though we don't think of it this way, darkness is not all bad. Sometimes darkness is actually a good thing. Sometimes we can see things in the dark that we don't see any other time or any other way. Haven't you had this experience? Sometimes you might be out at night, maybe camping and in the hill country and there's no, there are no clouds and you look up on a, on a, in the night sky and somebody says, wow, the stars are out tonight. Well, the truth is the stars were out all day. They didn't just come out when it got dark. The stars are always up there. But on a clear night, in the dark, you can see the stars. Sometimes we see things in the dark that we would never see in the light. That's true. Of God. Sometimes when we're going through a dark season, we see things about God. We learn things about God that we didn't know before. Sometimes we learn things about ourselves. We see things in us that we never had seen in the light. But in the darkness of our circumstances, we see things that we had not been able to see before. Now, turn back to chapter 45, just a few pages back in your Bible, because God here is saying the same thing in a different way. Sometimes you see things in the dark you can't see in the light. Chapter 45 and verse 3. God is speaking and notice what God says I will give you the treasures of darkness the treasures of darkness we don't think of darkness as a treasure no but God said I'll give you treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places why that you may know that I the Lord who call you by your name am the God of Israel why does God allow us to go through dark seasons well here he tells us so that we could get to know Him better. So now, if I just cut the sermon off right now and ended it, I have said enough already that should encourage somebody here today who's in a dark place. What I have said, what God has said is, in that darkness there's a treasure. You're going to discover something about God and something about you. And you, in the darkness, are going to come to know God in a more deeper and a more personal way. And that's why God said, the treasures of Darkness. Now, look in verse number 15. Because the question we often ask is this, where is Jesus when things are dark? We all ask that question. Where is Jesus when the medical report came back bad? Where is Jesus when the relationship fell apart? Where is Jesus when you lost your job? Where is Jesus when your loved one died? Where is Jesus when you're depressed? Where is Jesus? Well, look at chapter 45 verse 15. Notice what Isaiah said about this. He had had some dark seasons in his life. He said, truly you are God. But notice how he describes God, who hide yourself. Sometimes God hides himself. Now, That's different from how we think of God, because we think of God as always revealing himself, always pursuing us, always saying, here I am, here I am, here I am. And yet the Bible describes God as someone who sometimes, not all the time, but who sometimes hides himself from us. Why? Why would God hide himself from us? So that we would seek him. Don't you seek something or seek someone who's hidden? You seek somebody you can't see or you can't find, and the fact that they're hidden from you, or maybe you lose something, you lose some money, you lose your wallet, you lose your keys, now you've lost it. It's hidden from you. So what do you do? You seek it until you find it. In the same way, God sometimes hides himself. We pray, heaven is silent. We ask for an open door, there is no open door. We pray for a miracle, it doesn't happen. We're asking God for provision, the need is unmet. We read our Bibles. We don't feel anything. We pray. We don't hear anything. God, what is he doing? He is hiding himself. And Isaiah said, that's who you are. You are God who hide yourself. Again, he hides himself for a reason. So that we would seek him. And so in answer to the question, where is Jesus when things are dark? He's hidden, but he's there. He's hidden in your circumstances. You don't understand why what has happened to you has happened to you. But God is there, even though you can't see him. And God says, what I want you to do is seek me. Because you remember what he said in another place, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. God hides himself that we might seek him. The question is, where can we find Jesus? He is hidden from us. We don't understand what's happening, but where can we find him? And I have two points. Number one, we find Jesus in the Scriptures. We find Jesus in the Scriptures. Now, notice this verse from Psalm 119. It's a familiar verse, and verse 105. The psalmist said, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Now, when the psalmist wrote that, he must have been in the dark. Because if he he weren't in the dark, why would he have needed a lamp? Why would he have needed a light? And so what the psalmist was saying was, God, in my darkness, when you hid yourself, here's what I found. I found your word to be a lamp to my feet, and I found your word to be a light to my path. Many times when people are going through dark seasons, instead of coming to church, they quit going to church. Instead of reading their Bible, they close their Bible, and they say, I prayed and it didn't work out. I needed a miracle, but I didn't get it. And instead of trusting God in the dark, they get angry with God, and they close their Bible. Friend, listen to me. If we ever need to open our Bible and read it more than ever, it's when we find ourselves in the dark night of the soul. When nothing makes sense, when we can't see our way clear, and we don't know what in the world God is up to, or what in the world God would expect us to do. Now, it's interesting. Yesterday, I sat down. I was just thinking about the Bible, and I was thinking about my own life, and I was thinking about dark seasons of my life through the years. It's interesting, on that verse in Isaiah chapter 50, uh, I've, I, I think I got this Bible sometime around 2007 or 2008. And that verse, who among you fears the Lord, who obeys the voice of the, his servant, uh, who walks in darkness and has no light, let him trust in the Lord and rely upon his God. I just noticed this yesterday. By that verse, I did what I'm sure you do. I underlined it. I read a good verse in the Bible, I underline it. They're all good. But if I read one that really speaks to me, I underline it. And I'll date it. I dated this verse five times in the last 14 years. I've dated this verse five times. I don't even remember what I was going through on any of those occasions. But it must have been something dark, something difficult, something hard, because that verse spoke to me. So yesterday, I got to thinking about verses in the Bible that God has used to speak to me in my own dark seasons. And what I was going to do, I was going to write out my favorite verse from all 66 books in the Bible, and then come out here today and read it. And I thought if I read it, y'all might think that was too many. So I didn't do all 66, but I wrote out some verses. I want to read these verses to you. And so today, as you just listen to me read 10 or 15 portions of verses, I want you to think about where you are in life, what your darkness is right now. I'm telling you, you need a word from God, and I want to give it to you today. So just listen to some of these verses. God meant it for good. Now, when we're in a dark place, we don't think that that could be true, but it is. I am the Lord who heals you. It is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The battle is the Lord's. I can't tell you how many times God has led me to that little phrase, the battle is the Lord's. David said that to Goliath. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord. The Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you. We think about the fact that we're waiting on God, and we are. But did you know that while you're waiting on God, God is waiting? Say, what's God waiting on? God's waiting on you to be right, the time to be right, and his will to be fulfilled in your life. The Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you. Here's one. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Tremendous verse. The Lord is good, Nahum said, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who trust in him. I'm telling you, these verses that I'm reading to you have become like special friends to me through the years and through the decades. They're like some of my best friends, not by might, Zechariah said, nor by power but by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Here's one that's blessed me since I was a teenager or even younger than a teenager. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Here's a good one. You are complete in Him. Sometimes even a student, you, you know, you might think, well, I'll be complete. Some of you girls might think, I'll be complete if I get the right boyfriend. You might be in a mess is what you might be. Some of you guys think, well, I'll be complete if I can get the right girlfriend. Well, you might. I mean, that might be a good thing if that's God's will. But the fact is, you're not going to be complete. A boyfriend doesn't make you complete, girls. And girl, and guys, a girlfriend doesn't make you complete. You are complete in him. We think I'll be complete when this happens. I'll be complete if that happens. I'll be complete then. Friend, if you're saved, you're complete right here, right now in Jesus Christ who's living on the inside of you. We're complete in him. Here's a good one. God gave me this one morning, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life to which you were called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. God gave me that on September the 26th, 2018 in a powerful way. Here's a a good one. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And here's a good one out of Luke 23. This is a promise from Jesus. You will be, this is what Jesus said to those of us who have trusted him, you will be with me in paradise. These are just some of the verses that through the years have spoken to my heart, and I share them to you with you today, hoping that they will speak to your heart. Now, all these verses that I just quoted and read to you, I got it from reading the Bible. And some of them, I had read it, and the Holy Spirit brought it back when I needed it most. But I encourage you, most people, I would say 95% of of Christians, do better with a Bible reading plan. Now, I think there probably are 5% who find a plan to be confining, restrictive, burdensome, a bondage. And so they just prefer to read freely in the Bible. And you may be in that group. But the other 95% of us are in the group that says, we need a plan, the discipline and the structure of a plan. Now, within about a year ago, we came across a Bible reading plan. I, I had never seen this plan in all my life that, is, that I think is the best Bible reading plan that I've ever seen. And I've made up five different plans myself. And I'm saying this one's better than anything I made up. What it does, it takes you through the Old Testament in two years. And it takes you through the New Testament and Psalms in one year. So it's a two-year plan. So at the end of two years, you'll have read through the New Testament and Psalms twice, and you'll have read through the Old Testament once. This is a classic Bible reading plan that has historical roots back to the 1800s that has been modified and simplified since then. And at the beginning of this, (coughs) we wrote, or I wrote, a three-page introduction that explains how this plan works. Basically, you'll be reading two chapters a day. One from the Old Testament and one from the New. When you get to Psalms, maybe two short Psalms. But to make this dramatic, I am begging you, (laughs) when you go out today, whether this is going to be your plan or not, I am begging you to pick up this plan and, if nothing else, read the most beautifully, exquisite, scholarly introduction that I wrote on the first three pages (laughs) because it will explain not only this plan but it will explain about having a quiet time. Now, if you say, John, I'm with you. I want to read my Bible more. I do agree I need a structure. But, man, two chapters a day, I don't ever read my Bible. I mean, I'm going from nothing to that. No. If you say, John, I want to do it, but I don't don't do any Bible reading ever except when I come to church. That's too much for me. I agree. Anybody who's not reading their Bible now, that's too much. What you need is this plan, the New Testament Psalms and Proverbs. This is basically a chapter a day that will take you through the New Testament Psalms and Proverbs in a year. But pick up one of each, for sure, pick up this one called the Classic Two Year Bible Reading Plan. But all I'm trying to do is make the point we find Jesus in the Scriptures. You still with me? Say amen. Amen. Number two. Remember, the question is where's Jesus when things are dark? What's the answer? He's hidden, but he's there. Well, if he's there, where can we find him? We find him in the Scriptures. And we find him amongst his people. We find him in the house of God. We find Jesus amongst the people of God. We find Jesus here. Look at this verse from 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Paul said, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Those of us who are saved, what do we have? We have the Holy Spirit of God living on the inside of us. So that, think about this. When you walk in a room, God walks in that room. When I walked in this room today, you know who walked in inside of me? God. Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, walked in this room when my father was beginning his ministry. His father in the ministry, a man named Dr. James Coggin, a seasoned pastor, he said, Charles, you're a minister now, and you need to remember something. As a minister, you represent God. Everywhere you go, when you walk in a hospital room, God walks in a hospital room in you. When you walk in the sanctuary, God walks in there. And that's true not only for pastors. Friend, that's true for all of us. All of us are ministers. And those of us who are saved and serving God, he's living on the inside of us. Adrian Rogers, who was the great wordsmith of pastors, he could take a phrase and flip it. He was just a master communicator. He used to say it this way. In the Old Testament, God had a temple for his people. And the people of God would go into the temple to worship God. God had a temple for His people. But in the New Testament, God has a people for His temple. He's living in us. God doesn't dwell in structures made of hands. He's living on the inside of us. Iron sharpens iron. And we need each other as we go through this life for encouragement, for sometimes for correction. We need each other to remind us that we can trust the Lord and, uh, and we can move forward in life, no matter how dark things may be. I wrote this in my notes, and, and I want to just read you this sentence. And I know you, you would agree with this in your own life. If it weren't for God's Word, and if it weren't for God's people, there have been times in my own life when things were so dark, I wouldn't have made it. I bet every last one of us today could say the same thing. You look back on times in your life when it was dark and it was hard and it was confusing and you couldn't see the way ahead and you thought, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. And God got you in his word. And you kept coming to church and you kept hearing the Bible taught and you read your scriptures at home and God got you amongst his people and during those times you found Jesus. We find God where? Yes, in his word, but we also find God amongst his people. It is in the house of God. It is with the people of God that we find God. Why? Because we're the temple of God, and God is living on the inside of us, and God many times will speak to us most clearly through his children who are carrying him on the inside of their hearts. Now, some of you today, like every service I could speak to, like any congregation I could address, some of you today are in a dark place, and you know what you need in that dark place? You need two things. You need a heavenly Father, and you need a spiritual family. That's what, you need. That's what we all need. We need a heavenly Father and a spiritual family. In Psalm 68, in verse 6, it says, God sets the solitary in families. And today, in the first service, people were saved. They came into the family of God. God is now their father. We're now their brothers and sisters. And in this service, if you would say today, John, (laughs) dark. Maybe you would say, I lost my father this year or my mother. Or maybe you would say, it's something else, John. But I'm in a dark place. And I do need God to be my father. And I do need a spiritual family. Would you just pray this prayer? All across the room today, those who need to be saved or who need to know for sure that they're saved, would you pray this prayer? Say, Dear Jesus, come into my heart, forgive my sins, and make me a Christian. I ask you to save me, and I trust you to do it. Now just tell him that, I trust you. That'll seal your salvation. You've got to trust him. It's not just saying a prayer. It's trusting Jesus to answer that prayer. I trust you, welcome to my heart, Lord. Begin now to make me the person that you want me to be.
0: Amen. For those of you who have prayed to receive Christ as your savior today, we would love to know about it and to rejoice with you in your decision. In fact, the Bible tells us that the angels are rejoicing in heaven over your new life in Jesus. Please let us know about your decision by sending us an email to info at peacebybelieving.org or by giving us a call at 1-800-337-0157. Again, that's 1-800-337-0157. We here at Peace By Believing encourage you to find a strong Bible-believing church in your area, to follow the Lord in your baptism, and to get involved in the life of your new church home. If you would like to grow in your relationship with the Lord, we have some resources that we believe will help you. Simply look for the booklets tab on www.peacebybelieving.org. The booklet, How to Be a Happy Christian, is a great tool to help you as you begin your walk with the Lord. We hope that today's message, Where is Jesus when things are dark, has been a blessing to you today. You can find this message along with many others on our website, www.peacebybelieving.org under the broadcast tab. We also invite you to like Peace By Believing Ministries on Facebook and follow at PBB underscore broadcast on Twitter. Please share, like and comment on these social media outlets. If the ministry of Peace By Believing has been a blessing to your life, please let your friends and family know about our program. Thank you for joining us today. And we look forward to you being with us on the next Peace by Believing with John Redmond.